2: Hello, hello, welcome everyone to a Tuesday night live um, episode of the Butterfly Evolution show uh, spotlighting or starting our new series um, with Rodney Jordan and he's going to tell you more about the teacher's files and who he is, what he does and what our mission is um, for doing this type of show, introducing this type of show to the audience and so forth but Before doing that, we're going to go over our housekeeping things. I want you to just remember the chat line is open for those of you who are listening by way of the Internet and you are registered followers. You can comment, listen, submit your questions, all of that by way of chat, but you do have to be a registered follower of the show. You can do that now um, if you'd like, or you can simply call in tonight and do that So if you have not registered as a follower of the show, please do that. Um, It helps our ratings, of course, and it helps you to to keep up with what we're doing. Uh, As Butterfly Evolution continues to grow, I'm hopeful that you are continuing to share the word because we are growing. I'm thankful for that because of the type of show it is. It is about transformation, self-love, self-awareness, being the change that you want to see in others and in the world. And I'm all for un, until you change or, or you can really show me something, I, there's not much for me. I might listen a little bit, and even after a while I'm going to tune that out and move on. But I, I think it's so important to really work to be the change that you want to see in the world. And that is so relevant to our topic tonight as well. Once, I, once you do that or tap into knowing who you are, loving yourself yourself, you are able to love better, do life better, and so many other things. So this is really an important topic as we talk about this topic. Um, people really don't care what you know until they know how much you care. And if we would care a bit more about ourselves, we would be able to care a bit more about others as well. So. If you're not a follower, just do call in 818-691-7406. We do want comments and questions tonight. Don't want a quiet audience. This is a very important topic. Uh, If you do call in, you have to select the number one, and what we will do is identify you by providing the area code that you are calling from with the last four digits of that number you're calling from. Rodney is going to host the show mainly tonight because, again, he'll be doing this on Tuesday nights. And I'll be kind of in and out, but he's going to be our host for tonight's show. I'm, I'm going to be here but kind of fill in as needed. Uh, so do do call in with your questions and comments. want to remind you all of our trash can baby. Cannot forget that. And I hope Rodney continues to spread that. I was sharing that at a conference that I spoke at on Saturday and uh It it kind of shocks some people to even hear about it, so I'm hopeful that they will go home and try it as well. But what we ask you to do in order to just bring awareness to how your mind keeps up with the things that you have become accustomed to, we ask you to move your trash can, preferably a trash can that you consistently visit. Uh, Move it to another location. It could be in the same room. And doing that, what you will often find, if you're normal like us, is that you, for the first few days or so, maybe longer, you will go back to where you moved it from. When you do that, allow yourself to kind of stop and think, wow, what else am I just going back to without much thought process? What am I doing without much thought process? And I'm working on a project about the mindset for um presentation that I'm going to do in July, and I'm I'm studying the mindset, and what's interesting is that it describes the mindset, the definition is basically saying there's, you have a predetermined, your mindset predetermines your actions, and some of the the, the responses to things and situation and people, and the more I dig, the more interesting it is becoming, so Be mindful of even the mindset that you're in and the things that you have become accustomed to because, as you know, as we say here, you sow a thought, you reap an action, you sow an action, you reap habit. Your habit becomes your character, and your character becomes your destiny. So your thoughts are leading you somewhere. Whether you know where that is or not, that's up to you. Whether you want to change it, that's up to you as well. So without further ado, I'm going to be quiet for a little bit. Rodney, I'm turning it over to you. I want to say thank you for just being a part of the butterfly evolution, uh, transformation, the concept, the the entire uh, mission that that I stand for, and this show as well. So you become like family to me, and and I just thank you. So I'm turning it over to you. Take at it.
3: Good evening, and thank you, family, uh, for having me on your show tonight. Um, <laughs> I do appreciate uh you welcoming me into your family and to your radio broadcast. Um I I know that the need and and understanding the mission of the Better butterfly evolution uh show and, and what you are trying to accomplish and it's so nice to 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 meet people and to find people who uh, share the same vision, uh, because that is definitely important in today's time and uh, we're gonna get into uh, some things that, that that need to be said and, and need to be heard and so for all of you who are tuned into the show we greatly appreciate it. You we know that you could be doing anything um tonight, but we appreciate you taking the time um to join us tonight and we hope that you enjoy the show. Um but there are so many things that need to be addressed. and, and um, If you look at what's going on in Chicago, um, a young lady was just um, murdered yesterday. Um, over the past few weeks, uh, a number of teenagers have been, have been murdered right in Chicago, um, and this has been an ongoing problem, and no one seems to have an answer. Um, the schools don't have an answer. The parents don't have an answer. Leaders in, in, in Chicago, leaders in the state of Illinois don't have an answer, and our young people are steady losing their lives. So we we, we have a number of, uh, of, of issues, and so I'm glad that you um, are doing all that you can, Tammy, and, and I appreciate all of those who, uh, who are working um, to make this world a better place. Um, for all of you who follow uh, basketball or who may not follow basketball, um, the, the story that, 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 that rocked the NBA this weekend with the L.A. Clippers owner, um, the tape that was released and and just the, 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 the terrible remarks that he made um, in a private conversation that, that became public. Um, how it became public is, is irrelevant. But just to know that here you have this multi billionaire who employs a number of black people, eighty six percent of his of his basketball team, of his players, are black, and then four out of his six main coaches are black players and yet here's a man who who's made it clear that he doesn't want uh, his, his girlfriend or his mistress to bring black players to the games. He doesn't want her to publicize her, her relationship with black people, and she's part black. But yet this man is making all of his money uh, from, the, from the, the hard work and the sweat of these, of these young black men. But we have that issue going on, and just a number of issues. We, we have teachers who are being burned out all across the country because of mandates that are set by um, people who just have no clue um, how to make our educational system better. So there are a number of things um, that are going on in our society today, and, Tammy, we need you. Uh, and everyone who has a mindset just like you um, to continue to push and to do work that will make life better for for our young people because I'm going to continue to get older, you're going to continue to get older, and eventually our young people have to take over. And if we don't start making a better life for them today, then we are all in trouble. And so as a teacher, it is my responsibility to not only make sure that my students know how to read or know how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide, but to make sure that they have something to offer our society once they leave my classroom, once they graduate from high school. And it's going to take more than just being able to, to, to put some numbers together on the paper, and so uh, Tammy, I would like for you to share with with all of us uh, a situation that that occurred um, in your life um, recently uh, with a young man who you had no idea who this young man was and and, and if you could just talk about what happened. Um, Walk us through the entire thing because I think that people need to hear this story. Because you never know who's watching you, you never know who's listening, and you never know what your actions will do for somebody else. So if you could just walk us through that, uh, I think that'd be a great way to get this to, to get this show going.
2: Okay. Okay. Well. Um. This, and I'll start just kind of from the beginning and be, do this as quickly as possible for the sake of time, but I had a, a business meeting scheduled this particular evening, and just before getting ready to go, maybe about 20, 25 minutes before I needed to, to be on my way, I started to feel ill um, and and pretty much thought that I may have to cancel this, but I kind of got through it and went on, Got went to TGI Friday and still was somewhat not feeling well, and proceeded to order my food. I, I let the person know that I wasn't feeling well, but I was just going to try to get through it. And I ordered my food and tried to eat it, but decided it may not be the best thing. So I I decided I'll just you know get it to go. I'll take it home. And as we were coming to a close, maybe about eight fifteen or so. Um, for whatever reason, and, again, I'm sitting at TTI Friday with a, a very well put-together meal that I really wanted, but towards the end for I started to want fish. I wanted fried fish from one of my little favorite places. And it seemed strange, but, again, um, I'm kind of strange, so I thought, here I am with all this food. And I'm trying now to rush the meeting along so that I can make it before. This place closes, because I thought it closed at 9 o'clock at that time. And so I rush over, long story short, I do make it. I walk in, and I order my food, but I did notice this young man sitting to the side of the restaurant. Not a big place at all, but I did notice this young man, and it looked just kind of odd. I felt odd about it. So um, I went on about my business, and I made my business to sit close to where he was, and I asked. I let you know, I kinda of watched him for a little bit and then I was just kinda of led, let me get a conversation in and the thing that I thought of to ask what school did he attend. So I asked him, I said, What school do you attend? and he told me the name of his school and so I let that kinda of go and I said, Are you just, you know, waiting waiting on your food? He said, No, ma'am, I'm waiting on a ride and so that sounded strange to me and I continued to just kind of watch his demeanor, watch him and he, I just got this vibe of this is sense of sadness, lost, uh, hopelessness, and so forth. So, uh, for those of you who know me, I'm going to dig deeper because you've heard me say kids are just my they're my mission, they're my weak spot, all of that. Um, so, long story short, I ended up just in, engaging in a conversation enough to get the get where he had been there since about two thirty that afternoon. He was waiting on a ride never mentioned mom or dad. Uh, He did mention he was trying to get to his aunt's house. Um, So all of that sounded strange. So I asked him, you know, did he want something to eat? He said no. And so I continued to ask, but uh, he continued to say no. Well, by this time a friend of mine comes in, a very close friend of mine, and her family comes in. We had no idea that she had no idea I was going to be there, and I had no idea she was going to be there, certainly because she lives Uh, clear on the other side of of town like way too far to be here um so and she has the the love for children as i do so it was just that was ironic after the fact when we really thought about what had just taken place so long story short she gets engaged uh with the conversation with him as well her kids are there as well and her mom so they thought that I knew him, and I said, "No, I, I don't know him, but but I know him now." And so I kind of said it jokingly enough that he can hear me, and we laughed a little bit. But my food was ready, and f- f- this fish that I always that I really really wanted, I, all of a sudden I could not eat it. So I said, I took it over to him. I said, "Listen, you've been here since two thirty. I have food in the car. You take this. You eat it. You know, I'll be fine." And so. He took it, he ate it, and throughout the, the the time, the conversation, we, you know, we talked a little bit just trying to be engaged with him and make him feel a part of us. He wasn't sitting to the table was, with us, but we just tried to engage him in our conversation. And my goddaughter, my friend's daughter, she just became so... Um, Emotion, emotional about the situation Her back was toward him But it was as if she could feel what he was going through And she was hurt. she was shaking She could not eat Her eyes filled up with tears And she was motioning to me That I feel I feel his pain I, And and so Long story short We sat and talked to him for a little bit longer Someone did show up to pick him up And they were the same age as, as he is they, they were young guys and so my friends started to kind of get on them about taking so long to pick him up, and this young guy says, well, I've been at work, and I couldn't leave. I just got off, and I came to pick him up. Um, and I didn't say this, that the young man, he'd gotten up before and went to the restroom, and his pants were sagging, like, beyond beyond badly. Um, and I am, for those of you who know me, I'm I'm really big on not sagging. I will see kids that I don't know and say, pull your pants up or ask why do you have your pants down and so forth. But for whatever reason, I did not with him. I saw it, but I did not. I just wasn't led to do that. So, as he got ready to leave, this young man and he's a senior in high school, but as he he got up to leave, and what he did when when he got up is just when my when my transition or my mind just went to a different place, he pulled his pants up and he walked over to where I was sitting and he gave me a hug and he said thank you and we exchanged numbers I said I cannot let you leave I have to get your number and so he called my number and and I registered his phone in my phone and and he did the same and I told him if you're ever in a situation where you need someone that you don't have a ride you call me and I said I'll do whatever I can to get you so out of that, instantly, the, the the pulling up of the pants is what really made me wake up and say this was a God moment, because none of what happened that night made sense. Not me eating at TGI Fridays, getting sick, going over to eat fish afterwards, then not even eating the fish. None of that made sense to me. But when I saw him pull up his pants, and what that said to me was, he felt better about himself because someone felt, he felt love or cared about from someone, and that someone just happened to be me that night. Thankfully, so. But um, that story just is so much to get out of that that story. And I think we can all be who I was that night if we would just listen, even when we don't understand. Do because again, none of that made sense to me that night. But it's again an example of showing someone hey, I don't know your story, I don't know who you are, but I care. And a great number of our children and adults, parents, everything, they are looking for someone to just, don't tell me what you know, don't, don't try to show me, just, just show me that you care about me just like I am, just as I am, and let me figure out the rest. Be there for me, but help me figure it out. So that was my, my moment. Um, a couple of weeks ago. How many,
3: how many people do you think probably walked past that young man before you got to him?
2: Oh, wow. Um, interesting you asked that question because I've gone back into the place since then, and I asked the young lady that was working that night, and she said, you know, I noticed him. She said, but we were so busy, you know, we just didn't even engage, and, and we didn't ask. And he had been there all that time And thankfully they allowed him to sit there But they're young, you know, pretty young 20-ish, you know, kids But I would imagine as busy as that place was Even that night, just the little time that I was there And we probably were there about 45 minutes uh, Give or take some I would, I would say at least 30 people it Just, you know, at least 30 people If not more from 2.30 to that time But they were extremely busy
3: so here's a young man who um, we don't know what he was thinking before, before, you, got, uh, before you arrived. Um, we still don't know all of the details of his life, of his day. We don't know what, what was running through his mind. And a number of people, 30 or more, um, walked past this young man or are at least in his presence. No one bothers to say anything. And here he is, doesn't know you, but just because you took the time out to say, hey, I notice you sitting over here. Hey, would you like some of of my food? Just by you doing that, you never once came out and said to him, "Um, pull your pants up or I'll give you some of my food if you pull your pants up. Just by you doing um just like you showing um, an act of kindness and an act of concern, here is a young man who decides that he is going to make a change just because of what you decided to do. Right. And right. Being, being a teacher, um, being a teacher, I think that there are a number of children who are probably in the same boat as a young man where we don't know their struggles. Um a lot of times because we don't we don't ask and I guess to a certain extent to a, to a certain extent we cannot ask. Um you know, because some things are just confidential um, but you know there's even ways around that um, you know if you are if you are a teacher, um, and a lot of times when parents uh, are going when families are going through tough times, um, you know the parents will say, "You know this does not leave this house, so the children are afraid to talk about what's going on, but we don't know their struggles, and because we don't know their struggles. Because we don't know what's on their mind, um, we go off of what we think is appropriate or what we think may be um, right for that moment. But a lot of times we get it wrong because children are looking uh, for someone who cares. A lot of times, um, especially um, in today's time, children are not getting what they need at home. And so they go searching. Because one thing about it, um, you cannot do anything in this world without identification. You need some form of ident- identification. You can't drive without it. Um, you know, you, you, you can't apply for a job without it. You can't go to school without it. Everything that we do, if you want to, to travel, you need identity, identification. Everything we do involves identification. But those things are just physical. But where's the identity that our kids are looking for. They don't know who they are before they leave home because no one bothers to tell them. So they leave home lacking confidence. They leave home not knowing who they are, not knowing just how intelligent they are. They leave home not knowing how wise they are. They leave home not knowing how talented they are. And so when they leave home, it's so easy for them to be persuaded by the things of, of this world because they have no clue and they're searching for an not And until we take the time to get to know them, I love, I love the flyer that she created for tonight's show um, that went along with the quote that we found about, you know, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And um, I remember doing uh, with my with my former teaching partner, we did a professional development seminar on classroom management. And one of the first things that we had the teachers do was fill out a survey. And there, there were about 15 items on the survey. And, you know, we asked them, you know, how many of you were, were – Uh, When you were a student, were you homeless? Did you have one parent in in the home? You know, and things like that, things that are are very realistic, things that are a part of our children's worlds today. And a number of teachers couldn't identify with anything on the survey. And we even had a little rubric at the bottom that said, four or less in a child's mind, you have no clue. So that's one thing, you know, where the kids are dealing with these things. But then our kids also have, you know, influences with the music that they listen to and what they see on TV. And it's just flooded with negativity. It's flooded with drama. So they're not getting what they need from their families, then they They're being filled with with, with all of these, quote, bad things. And then they show up at at school, and we're wondering why we can't get them to, to do homework. We're wondering why we can't get them to stop talking, why we can't get them to walk in a straight line. But before we can get them to do anything, we have to get through all of these other barriers. But see, we don't take the time to get to know who we're teaching. We don't take the time to get to know, well, who is this person that is sitting in front of me? We don't take that time. And and in a child's mind, if you don't care about me, why should I care about what you're trying to teach me? And so there's, a, there's this huge disconnect. And our kids are the ones who are suffering the most.
2: Rodney, right I you want to throw have... something in, if you don't mind, before we get too far. As, as we talk about, again, the topic, um, and, and we're, based, we're focusing on children tonight, but I want you guys to really allow this to simmer and think about where you are in life how you got to be where you are. Maybe you're okay. Think about someone who maybe is not. I think at the end of the day, we're all looking for someone that we feel truly, truly cares. There is no condition to how they feel. Um, Going back to the young man, I didn't think about the the food part of it, Rodney. I just instantly thought, this is a child who's been out here since 2.30, the Mother instincts went in; he must be hungry, which is more important than his sagging right now, but not only are our children missing this, a great number of the teachers who are teaching our children are looking for that same nurturing relationship they most many of them have missed it growing up they're in their adulthood. Uh, with the alarming number of divorce and things that are going on. So we're all just roaming around in this, I call it a, a, a loss, not just generation anymore. This this world is just becoming so numb to uh, things that are for our good, the positive things and, and being in, in a positive relationship and being a positive parent and being engaged in your child's life. For the most part, I think people think I'm doing, if I'm going to work, if I have food on the table, um, if they have a place to sleep regardless, uh, I'm doing my job. But there's so much more to parenting. It's, it's perception and reality. You can think that because of that, my child knows that I love, um, my children know that I love them because I have all these things, but I, we're not here to beat you up tonight. But what I want you to really think about doing more, and I've said this on the show before, if you have never, or if it's been a long time since you have, tomorrow when your child comes home from school, ask, how was your day at school? Do you need help with anything? That being said, we have an alarming number of parents who feel like they cannot help. Um, but there is something you can do, even if it's just how was school today. Let me see what you did today. And if you don't really understand what they did, act as if you do. And, Ryan, you're a teacher. I know you would love to have a teacher come and say, listen, I want to help my child more, but I don't really know how. I know with with Mr. Sanier, he was talking about they were starting a program for the parents to where the parents can are allowed to get a, a view of what the homework is and even get assistance so that they can help. But that's one in a – I mean, that's a fabulous, outstanding uh, principal, as we know Rodney from, from interviewing him. <laughs>
1: that um, is true.
2: So we don't we – just not beating principals up or teachers up or parents up, but again, you guys, we have to start talking about what – the issues are in order to fix them because again in your mind you may think what I'm doing is enough I'm working I, I have all I, I I can't do anymore and what we're saying is that that does not work all the time and some children need a little bit more most of us need more if you show interest uh, they will show interest
3: I, uh, I, I have a um, well when it, comes to, when it comes to parenting, if you ask a lot of parents um, what makes them a good parent, I think that the average parent's response would be, well, I take care of them. Well, what does that mean? Um, I feed them, I close them, and I make sure they have a roof over their head. Would you agree? That, that, that would be the response. If, if that is good parenting, then our prison system does a good job of parenting. Mm-hmm. Because our prison system, it's the same thing. You are fed every day. You are clothed. And you have a roof over your head. It takes more than that. It takes more than that, and um, I know as a teacher, um, I know we talked about, I know we talked about, you know, closing the achievement gap in school. But many people go about it the wrong way. Our administrators, our our school our school officials, our teachers, they go about it the wrong way. Because they think that, well, if I drill these facts in their heads, it's going to make them a better student. Not really, because they'll tune you out. They're going act like they're listening and they're really not. Starts with, one, building relationships. Two, establishing relevancy. Why is it important that they learn what you're teaching, and then three, how are you managing this classroom? You can be as smart as Albert Einstein, but if you can't get people to sit and listen to you, it really doesn't matter because they'll never hear or receive the knowledge that you have if you can't get them to sit and listen to you. And we can we can ignore race if we want to, but it does play a it, it, it does play a role in education. I remember being uh in a in a setting one time uh with different educators and the question came up, do you see color? And everyone's response was, no, when my my kids come through the door, I look at them, they're all the same. And I didn't get a chance to respond, but a teacher um, asked me about it later, and I said, if you don't see color, that's part of the problem. Because how is it that, that you have children of different races who walk in your door and you don't understand that some are black, some are white, some are Asian, some are Hispanic. How do you not know that? But we're taught that if you say anything involving race, then you're racist. No, there's nothing wrong with seeing different colors. It's realistic. The problem comes in when you start discriminating or you start judging people. That's where the problem comes in. But acknowledging that our children have differences, there's nothing wrong with that. Because we are different races. We are different genders. We come from different backgrounds, different cultures. But it's important that we become aware what's going on inside of this child's mind? What's going on inside of this adult's mind? I'm glad that you brought that up because it's not just our children who are suffering. Our adults are suffering too. But we need to start building relationships. We need to learn how to talk to people. We need to learn how to address people. We need to learn how to listen because we are not right all of the time. And even if we are right, there's nothing wrong with adding to what you already write about. There's nothing wrong with that. But we can't, we can't enhance what we know or build on what we know if we're not willing to take the time to listen to each other and to talk and to reason. Rodney, you
2: mentioned earlier about Chicago. You brought up the Chicago, um, what the things that are going on in Chicago and this new thing with the LA Clippers, and I, I I've, I've listened to that. Um, now I've not heard the most recent thing in Chicago. I've not heard about the young lady, but I did hear a couple of weeks of all the number of children that were, uh, I guess, wounded. I don't know how many died from that incident, but it's things like this with the LA Clippers. This 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 new thing, um, and yes, do I think he was absolutely wrong with what he said but do i do do i think we have more i think we i know we have more important more important battles because he is who he is and he's going to do what he does and this i feel is not going to change much it's not going to change his lifestyle this from what i can tell is nothing new but what it's also nothing new that so many people will get in an uproar about things like this that will come and go um he he's already from what i can tell he's made him made it so clear of who he is and what he believes and thinks about people of color he's made that so clear and i'm just going by again what i've heard on the news but why is it so easy to um avoid the things that are going on right in your city where you have Children killing children. You have children killing people who could be their grandparents. And we continue to push kids alone, along the way. They can't read. They can't write. Um, they're broken. They have no hope, no faith. Where are they going to go? That's my question. Like As you said, we're going to get old here. You're going to grow weary. You're going to get to the point where you cannot do the things that you Want to do and you're doing now. These kids have to go somewhere. They're gonna to have to eat. They gotta have to have somewhere to live. They need money. Where will they go? What will we do when when we find out that the kids that we've allowed to just move along through life, uh, when they realize, hey, I'm hungry. I gotta eat. I need money. I can't get a job because I don't have a GED. I don't have a diploma. I can't read. I can't. I can't get a job they are going to get what they need. That's when you'll realize or we will realize that it is our problem. So it's like we have these blinders on to the things that really matter. And I ask people, have we just given up? Do we think we cannot make a difference? Parents, do you think you cannot make a difference in in education in the educational system, in the curriculum Um, And, Rodney, I heard about Common Core last week and then again today from someone, and I think I'm saying that right, the Common Core where they have the Common Core standards, I guess. uh, As you know about the 60 being a C here in Memphis, a 60 is a C, and parents are not alarmed. But we continue to hear that jails, prisons are being built by test scores of our young people. And so I ask you all, what do we do? Do we just act, continue to go to work, come home, and wait until it's all over, until there's absolutely nothing we can do about it at all? Because that's what it's going to get to.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to this uh, to this LA Clippers um, story, and I'm going to try to uh, uh, bring it. I'm going to try to bring it all together. Um, because I think that you have some very valid questions, and and, and I don't know if people, are, you know, will start to to call in, and um, you know, I may say some things that you know, <laughs> uh, that 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 may um, ruffle some feathers, if you will, but but um, it is only meant to to, to make people think. So I'm going to go back to this, to, to this L.A. Clippers story. Um, first of all, I think that, you know, with, with what the commissioner uh, came out with today, I thought it was great. Um, I love the idea that this man is now banned from, from the Clippers, from the league um, for, for life, um, and he received a maximum fine. I love it. But one of the things that disturbed me the most about this whole story, um, on top of um, this man and, and, and his his clear um, racist attitude, which was which came out, you know, on these tapes, what what got to me was when these reporters came out and said, this is nothing new. He's been doing this for years. That bothered me because why is it that now we are choosing to to step up and say something? The NAACP, which is supposed to be um, an organization for black people, the NAACP, the Los Angeles chapter, gave this man an award, gave this man a lifetime achievement award. knowing that Elgin Baylor, um, very popular basketball player and manager of the Clippers, had a lawsuit against him, black guy, for the way that he treated Elgin Baylor. Also, um, you know, he had to settle a lawsuit because of the way that he the way that he treated his his clinics who were black. And I'm going to pause right there and just let people think about that because I think we have a caller. But just to let people think about the fact that this, this it came out that this is nothing new. So why is it that nothing was said before now?
2: And, and yeah, we do have a caller, and we'll, we'll pull them in now. And, and And think about the fact too, as I was mentioning earlier, we don't, we don't, we we just don't address issues. We have become a society where we just let things go and be, and we accept whatever is put before us. Um, we get noisy about the things that are put before us, and then we quiet down when they are taken away, when they are no longer part of the news. But again, it's like it's like being productive in your own home before you are next door. Your house that has the little things say sweep up around your own front door before you come over to mine, and we're just not doing that. So, let's pull our caller in from the 901 area code and and for those of you who are listening, you do have to select the number 1 to be pulled into queue. We're going to pull in 901 area code with the last four digits of 1801 caller. Thank you and you're on the air with us.
4: Hey, how you doing? Uh my name is Torian. Uh I just wanted to uh call and speak in on the um the situation. Uh I'm a young black male Hey, Miss Tammy. Hi. I'm a young boy. I almost
2: can't hold this high end. How are you?
3: <laughs>
4: I'm doing I'm doing great, but I, I wanted to speak on the situation. Like, um, uh I believe that, um, like for the youth, not only like students in uh high school or even in class, I mean in uh uh lower grades or even in college, but just like as the youth in general. Like I realize that we are lost, and we are more so we need more um role models like for um for instance, in my situation in life, I was uh homeless at a point in time, I was like living out my truck, I was just out there lost, and I was trying to find a way of uh kind of understanding myself and understanding life and uh it took me to get involved with groups. Uh, such as Miss Tammy's Bible study and kind of finding myself in that in that situation. Then also, it took me uh, it took me having to go look look for role models like my cousin. He um he was a fellow police officer, Memphis police officer, and uh, now he's he's doing you know other positive things. But I saw what he had, and he took me outside of my comfort zone and showed me what life would be like if i went and got a degree and if i went on and followed and pursued a career outside of just trying to be the typical black boy that wants to play basketball or wants to rap and uh when you get to see how other people are living in in situations other than what they were what what the masses used to then you kind of understand it, it, it you kind of understand if i change myself now what 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 can I possibly see in the future? What what will my life possibly be like in the future? And uh, it's um it's really it it goes to it takes a village to raise a child and that is true, but it also takes the individual to want to change themselves and better their future. Because it's easy to look at what everyone is doing, and it's easy to go on World Star and see crazy chaos and think that that's the fun thing that's the cool thing to do but it's up for that individual to be like you know what this ain't me this is whack, i think i'm gonna go this route and now i went from i still want to be an artist but i went from being a trying to be a rapper and living homeless and doing crazy things to now i'm i actually have a career and i'm in the air force so it's just about your own your own individual choices and what you want to do with your life.
2: And you guys, this is a young man that I am truly proud of. Um, I can't believe he called in and is talking. I cannot believe it. But I am so I just want to take time and say I am so 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 very proud of you. Um, I just watched him go and and have not long known him a very it seems like forever but I watched him grow so much before he left to go in the air force and I felt like I was losing my child really it just, I felt like I mean where is he why hadn't he called <laughs> and uh so I'm just proud of this young man for turning his life around I I really really am Thank
3: you. Thank you. Thank you, I think that he I think that he's right. Um I think that, that, that positive role models um are an answer um to these issues that we are having. Um and also that that, you know, at some point each individual has to take responsibility for their own life and they have to after receiving the proper guidance, it still falls back on them, and they have to to decide that they no longer want to um, do the things that are keeping them keeping them back.
2: Right, uh, Tori, if you don't mind, when you mentioned about being homeless, when you were out. Out there and homeless, and kind of living out your out of your truck do you do you feel that people knew or or did people offer you assistance um and if so, did you take it or turn it down, or were you not asked were you not offered help that often, and do you think people knew i guess can you tell us about that time in your life um, what was going on
4: Well, in my situation, uh, yeah, I I wasn't ashamed. Like it wasn't something that I just like bought up, but like people knew. Like people who were close to me knew. Of course, Miss Tammy knew it. Like I didn't just go out and say it, but people understood my situation. And uh, like Miss Tammy, she uh, offered a helping hand numerous of times. And so I also had other other friends and. family members that offered to the, the lend in hand. But in my sp- particular situation, I felt like I got myself in it. I knew what the outcome would have been. Um, like, I knew what my overall outcome was going to be. I was going to, going to boot camp, but I just wanted to, like, kind of do it on my own. I guess my pride kind of set in, but I knew that I was going to be all right. I didn't, I kind of just didn't want to. Rely on other people. I wanted. To, I, I felt like I got myself in this situation. I'm gonna get myself out. So I mean, I worked I it out and I did what I had to do. But uh, yeah, people people definitely helped me out and they knew my situation.
2: Okay, but because you felt like you wanted to, there were times where you did not accept. Of course. Right?
1: Yes, ma'am.
2: Okay. Okay. Any questions for you, Rodney?
3: Man, I, I just wanna say congratulations and I'm and I'm glad that he um I'm glad that, you know, things have turned around for him, and and now you know, now he can be a positive role model, uh, to other young men. Thank All you,
2: right.
3: sir. All
1: right.
3: Thank you,
2: man. <laughs> Thank you. And and anything else, Tori, and Anything? Um Anything else you and thank you I, again. I'm, I just cannot believe he, he's not a talker. You all, so this is uh, this is. I don't know what to say, but this is new. Anything else you want to to comment on? Any questions?
4: Uh, no, ma'am. I I just want to tell people to be positive, <laughs> be positive, and uh and have a loving attitude with any situation in life. Because if you think positivity, then positivity will definitely attract you. And if you allow negativity to come in your life, then it's easy for negativity to come around. Mm. All right. I agree.
2: Thank you, Torian, and I'll be in touch, okay?
4: Yes, ma'am. Thank you.
2: Keep listening, okay?
3: Yes, ma'am. All right. That's a, that's a well-mannered uh, you yeah,
2: Yes. I, I'm almost. I I I don't know you guys. That one's touching for me. Um, Torian, I met Torian through Bible. I was having a Bible study here at my house, and and he came in just seeming like this. Very, you could just tell his um, that he had a wonderful spirit, but at the same time, I knew something was going on, and. Um, I don't know just to see to hear him come so far. I can't even imagine him calling in i would I would never have, in a million years thought he'd be one to call in and talk because again, he's very private, not a talker, um, but it's just an example again um of what someone just reaching out, and it could be anybody, it could be you guys, and so never miss an opportunity. To reach out to someone, never, ever, um, you know, allow yourself to be led as well. But you have to be tuned in to that spirit and be have that attitude uh, of gratitude with yourself and your own life, hope, faith. But our kids, our kids need it, and they're we're gonna like Rodney said, we're gonna grow old, and they're gonna take over and if we're going to make a difference we have to start and be consistent with what we do and how we do it we got to stop playing these games with life
3: and and, and 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 going back to to the to the point I was making before you called in we I agree with what you said about 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 role models but it seems like um, and where I was going with the whole LA Clippers story is that, you know, this weekend wasn't the beginning of this. This was something that, that had gone on for years, and no one thought to fight hard enough to get this man removed um, from 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 the Clippers or from the NBA, and and then. You know, I was talking with some people, you know, over the past few days about what the what the players should do and all of that. And one of the things I said was it would be very hard for me to go out and play. I understand that, yes, I'm playing, you know, for myself. Yes, I want to win the championship. But when it's all said and done, this man is getting the glory for the work that I'm doing. This man is getting the glory for that. And it it just seems like we don't know how to fight anymore. We don't know how to stand up anymore. When things aren't right, like we see a lot of things going on um, that are not right. And my question is, what do we do about it? You know, do we speak up? Maybe you can't change. Uh, Maybe you can't change things by yourself. But when you know that something isn't right, what do you do? Do you speak up? Do you try to get other people to see your side? Do we fight or do we just sit back and say, you know what, this is it. We just have to accept this. Like, the whole NBA has done with this man for the past, what, 30 years? Oh, we're just going to take it because we're getting a paycheck. I'm sorry. There's no, I, I could have gone out. Uh, it would have been extremely difficult for me to go out and play. Now, granted, I don't get paid uh, six figures for one, for one basketball game, so I'm not in their shoes but it would be very hard for me after hearing that tape for me to go out and play for this man. But what happened, we used to be uh, people who were fighting, and I'm not just talking about blacks, but just people in general. Because even when there was slavery, there was segregation, there were other races who stood up against it. But we've lost that. We don't have that edge anymore. We don't have that fight anymore. And, you know, that that goes back, you know, to the the whole making the change, doing better. Because leaders change. But if we're going to keep getting the same mentality in the office or in the seat, we're going to keep getting the same results. We have to work to change things. We have to get rid of the the, the slave mentality. We have to get rid of that Willie Lynch mentality that we talked about uh, back in February. We have to get rid of that because until we do, we're going to continue to have these same issues. We're going to continue to have our teenagers murdering each other, and usually it's over nothing. It's over a territory, or it's over a pair of shoes or clothing or drugs. It's over these types of things. You know, I saw I saw a, um, a photo on Facebook. I think it was last week. And there was a picture of a kid with, I don't know, maybe 50 pairs of shoes. And it said, I can't read, but I got them new J's. And sadly, that's the reality for a lot of our kids. They're not doing well in school, and like their mentors tell me, they're they're being told that they're doing well because hey, I got a fifty-nine, I got a C. I'm passing. But they're they're failing. Because a fifty-nine is failing. But they're being told, hey, you're doing great, because you have a team.
2: You know, we have a nope. caller, too, uh, Rodney. Um, it's, it's, we were talking earlier, um, I met with um, my soul sister, actually, and I've not talked about that lately, but we were talking about how people are able to do things um, that they in a group setting that they would not ordinarily do solo. You know, but they find reasoning in doing, following the crowd. Um, you know, if you have kids that are are going to be in a fight, you know, as a whole, you know, they are more tempted to to just be engaged in things like that, and adults as well. As what you're saying, we don't stand up for what's right. And as you were talking, it reminded me of the quote: "Injustice any, anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Same thing, injustice to anyone." Um, so it's not just a, a black and white issue um I'm also reminded of the recent i don't know if you heard about this, but the there was a young white male at knox and at u t Knox and I'm always following stories there because that's where my son graduated from but and I could just see this could have easily been been my son where the cop literally choked this young man out he wasn't resisting arrest pictures were there, and he there were two of them handcuffing him one had him in front and he literally choked him until he passed out for no reason Mm. and i when i showed it to brandon i just was furious this and i told him this has to stop and my son said now you know how we feel and he wasn't just talking about his color or my color because again this is a white young male this is someone's child but what do we do about even police brutality we let that continue to happen so we coming back to our kids what do they think we care about them when they feel like hey i can go and not beating up cops but we have things that are going on that we need to address as citizens as parents because we've all been young we've all been foolish i can remember a time when cops would stop us and they one did i remember stopping us uh we should have been home and he fussed us out so bad as it it was as if he was our grandfather or father it made us like feeling feel really bad but again we are sending our children out to hell so why would they want to do anything differently than what they're doing so let's take our caller um 731 area code with the last four digits of 3696. Caller, thank you for calling in. You're on the air with us.
1: Hello, Tammy. It's Elizabeth. And Hi. How you doing? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm great. You know, this conversation, you all have touched on so much tonight. And I just want to start with the Clippers. You know, the gentleman speaking spoke about why was this Swept under the rug, and and why now is it all of a sudden surfacing? You know, I had the same question because he is known for those types of behaviors, and for he's a known comfortable racist. So my thought is, could it be the fact that the change in powers with Commissioner Silver coming on in February, and then could it be that the fact that this is a well-respected retired NBA, business mobile, Magic Johnson, who was being referenced in this conversation, I kind of wonder, would it have made a difference if it had been a, a, a former NBA player who wasn't or who didn't have a stellar a career and respect as Magic Johnson? That's my area on that. And then as far as silence, I think we have become a society that is so much about me, me, me. Even though they know it's wrong and people don't agree with it, they don't want to stir the pot because they're afraid it can knock them out of a potential favor in the future. In my profession and in my field, I've seen it done. We certainly have a systemic issue going on with reaching our families, reaching families and children. There's also a disconnect with families and children. I was in a meeting one day at a school, and there was something going on with a child who could possibly be involved with the gang. The number one call was get the police, get the police. And I'm thinking, okay, you can get the police involved, but we're also missing a link here. What about engaging the parents? That's an important component, too, of being able to reach our youth. No, you may not always be able to engage the parents and reach them, but I will say that they are ones that need to, they need to be considered and brought to the table, too, and not, and not overlook them because a lot of them do not know any better, and they have a disconnect, and that is a part of the problem.
2: Great points. Um, okay, Rodney, you go. With you go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I agree, and and, and um, I always like to think back to my uh, my all-time favorite movie, and that and that is Lean on Me. Um, and I remember when he had all of the um, when he had all of the faculty and staff in it. In the in the in the cafeteria, and he made them put their hands up, and he said, you know, this is the posture for a lot of our children. Um, only they're usually looking down the barrel of a gun. And then he brought up their parents, and he said, you know what? If if their if their parents can't read, we'll bring them in bring them in and teach them how to read too. Now I don't know whatever happened with that um, in real life. But that's the attitude that we have to have. Um, we don't necessarily know what parents will do until we ask them, until we invite them. Um, as a teacher, I may not have as much power as the government, but we have to at least make the effort because if parents were were held accountable if the the, the school uh districts or the the uh, the land held them accountable uh we would probably get more participation it It's sad that we have to uh that we would have to make them but parental parental support uh makes a huge difference um uh, and uh, usually you find Um, The students whose parents are involved, those are typically the students who perform um, better in school. It's not always the case, but typically those students who have uh, involved parents um, usually do better than uh, their kids who don't. Right.
2: What do you you think about Elizabeth's uh, comments? about the Clippers, um, the reasoning. Because I think that's that's really important, the timing of this and why so much emphasis on this situation, particularly with some of the things that I heard that he said. Again, I don't know them to be true, but one in particular was that um, when, I guess, the players were, I guess, trying to get more money, he made the statement that why are they – Doing this, if it wasn't for basketball, they wouldn't have jobs similar to that. Um, and and I've always heard that you know when there's a big story, don't pay attention to that. You you better try to see what else is going on behind the scenes that they're trying to get your attention from. Um, don't know how much truth that is to that because it doesn't seem like we really get engaged into the things that really matter. As
1: you know, anyway.
2: So, what are what are your thoughts on? What she brought up about the timing and maybe the reasoning for this?
3: Um, well, I think that she made some valid points. One, uh, with the change in leadership, um, with the change in leadership, that is true. Uh, the NBA does have a new commissioner, and uh, the, the the previous uh, commissioner did allow him to get away with it. And then, you know, uh, for a franchise that was that was struggling. Uh, like the Clippers, I mean, they were like one of the worst franchises in all the sports, not just basketball. Um, he allowed uh, this owner, uh, you know, to bring in you know these players who have made this. I mean, they're better than the Lakers now. We know that you know the Lakers are historically a great franchise, but over the past three years, it's been all uh, it's been all about the Clippers. Um, So with the change in leadership, um, you know, maybe that is the reason why, um, you know, something was being done. But I also think that social media um, and technology, our advancements in technology played a part in this because um, information gets out to the public so quickly now that you know, all you have to do is turn on the computer and you can find out anything that you want to find out. And so because of that, um, you know, once the public got involved, there was no way that this commissioner could allow, you know, him to get away with this. So he had to come down as hard as he did. But I think also, uh, and I think that she brought this up, um, you know, people – um, when, when it comes to, um, I think that it goes back to the old cliche: money talks. And mm-hmm. and a lot of times, if you pay me enough, you can keep me quiet. And and so this man with his wealth, I think, was able to was able to keep a lot of this under, you know under the rug. Um, when it comes to the NAACP, they knew, they knew um, about his about his about his uh, racism issues. They knew about them. Yet in fear, they gave him a lifetime achievement award in 2009, and were set to give him another one in a few weeks. Um, and I remember listening to Steve Harvey on the radio yesterday. Um, going to work, and, and, and he was talking to Stephen A. Smith, and he and he told Stephen A. Smith, he said, I guarantee you Donald Sterling gave the NAACP, I guarantee he cut them a nice, fat check, and that's why he got that award. And it came out yesterday, the NAACP, the president came on and said um, he could keep the plaque, but they were going to give him his money back. So it came out yesterday that, you know, he got this award because of his donations, and he was he was giving uh, uh, black kids in in poor neighborhoods tickets to the Clippers game. So he essentially bought this award. It wasn't because he was just this great uh, individual. He essentially bought uh, bought this award from the NAACP. So it's. It's a huge problem, and now um, it comes out uh, today that the president of, of that uh, NAACP chapter in Los Angeles uh, was a former judge in Detroit who was uh, charged with bribery. <laughs> you know, all of, the, all of these things are coming out. And it's like really, you know, and and, and, and it kind of makes you wonder, like, okay. This is why we can't get, this is why we can't get anything done. You know, and I remember last week we were talking and, and 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 you were saying, you know, that all of the people who were we were expecting to tune into the show it didn't quite happen. You know. Um but, you know, if the show topic was a bit excuse me, something differently, who knows. But this is why we can't get things done. Because one, money talks, and and then two, people are afraid to speak up, and three, um, Tamari has been has been trying to been trying to log in. She's trying to uh, uh, chat, but it's not working for. Her. And, but 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 she texted me and, and and she made a good point. And sometimes people just don't know any better. And so we're dealing with a whole lot of different dynamics. Um, And and if people don't know, that's one thing. Um, But it doesn't mean that they can't know any better. But a lot of times, people can only give you what they have. And so a lot of times we don't know, and we're comfortable in what we do know, and we'd rather just stay in that position,
1: um, I think it's
2: like Elizabeth said as well, with the parents not, um, and and what you're saying, you know, they they sometimes they come to us how they are. The same thing Mr. Sonier said about the kids. Some of the parents were those same kids uh, years ago, and with the baby boomers, you know, our grandmothers are the age of 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 what a person should be when they're having a child. You know, if we'd all kind of get down to that, but our kids know and see what we are allowing and have no faith or trust in us uh, to to help and pull them through and out. Now, I'm not letting them off the hook either because there's a certain responsibility that, that, you know, should come from them as well. But again, aren't we supposed to be those role models? Aren't we supposed to be the people who protect, who nurture and show them the way? through our living and through our doings and the things that we tolerate. As you talked about the judge, Rodney, you know, people should have been in much more uproar about judge, a judge sending people to jail, um, being paid to send people to jail, our young boys and so forth to jail. I mean, I would I would want to see more uproar about that than mm-hmm. I would the Clippers because, again, he is who he is. He's going to say what he's going to say, and this is not going to stop how he feels. Okay, you put out a little money. Okay. But, but again, not they, those guys will not walk off that court and say, we will not play. They won't do that. hmm So, Elizabeth, anything else? Thank you for, for calling. So good to hear from you as well. Thank you for calling. Anything else you want to share? Any
1: other questions or comments? No, I don't have anything else. I just, you know, I think we really need to drive that with reaching our youth because they are the next generation, and it's very scary. These children do not know how to appropriately take care of themselves. What they're being taught is to get by and get over or break the law, and it's -hmm. it's sad what they're facing. They have no clue. Yeah, it really,
2: really
1: is. It really is, and Good you're part. out of
2: Tennessee as well, uh, right? You're not Memphis, but you're out no. of Tennessee, right? Jackson. That is correct. Yes. That's okay. correct. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's yeah, there's things starting to <laughs> go on. Yeah, yeah. I hear Jackson has things that are starting to go on there as well. Like you know, it's a small place, but it seems like the kids are are starting to act out a bit there as well.
1: Yes, gang violence is on the rise. Right, right. It's, it's very sad. And again, yeah. there's no engagement with parents. It's straight to the judicial system. Then they mm-hmm. won't engage the parents afterwards. Well mm-hmm. that should be done on the front end. Yeah. I, I, I think
3: um, um, and sometimes it, 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 it makes you wonder that is this the way that they want it, because um, I remember when I first started teaching six years ago, um, that was when I learned that um, prisons are, are built based on third grade reading um, test scores, and so my my comment was, well uh, my question was if if we can predict or their group of people who can predict uh, the number of prisons we, we we're going to need based on third-grade reading scores. Instead of building prisons, why not taking that same money and doing something to 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 build uh, to strengthen our children's reading skills? Uh, if we're linking the two to make sure that they don't end up in prison, or at least to try to prevent it, why is why isn't that being done? And, and, and instead, we're just immediately going and saying, "Oh, we're going to need this number of prisons." It's almost like um, it's almost like we live in a society where our leaders kind of want these things. Like, if there's no crime, there's no need for law enforcement, you know. Um, and you know, sometimes you know, I even think about the different illnesses today you know, is that do we really have cures? But we don't know anything about them because, hey, you know, doctors are getting paid, you know, so much money because so many people are sick. You know, these are things that I think about sometimes because there has to be an answer. And like you said, why is it that parents are being brought in when it's too late? Why are parents being contacted when it's too late? Why can't you know more be done as a preventive method instead of well sorry you know there's nothing we can do at this point
2: I think it goes back to what you were saying because if if we start to heal help parents heal and become better parents and have greater expectations of not only themselves but their children as well, that is going to change things. And so now what will they do with those prisons that they are building and that they've budgeted for and they've set aside, um, you know, for all this production to come through there? Um, So, again, we better wake up because if we think it does not affect us individually, then keep living. Keep living. So, you know, it would work. it makes sense to work with the parents. It makes sense to bring them in and say, you know, let's make sure that you understand what's going on um, with the, the child and and the, their work and so forth. It makes sense and it will work. But why does the emphasis not go on that? Why why doesn't the funds go on that? Um, so because that helps everybody. It helps you as teachers. It helps society. Uh, it helps us all. So we that's something great. I mean, good question, Ryder, to think about. <laughs> Why? Why don't we bring them in? And Elizabeth, you as well. So I hope, I hope if people are listening and, and um, get more involved in where you are and what's going on around you. So... Elizabeth, thank you for for calling and again I want to just make sure that you didn't have anything else to share or any other questions. Great great questions and
1: comments. Tammy on down and thank you.
2: Okay, thank you. we got some conversation going on tonight. Thanks to all of us. I love
3: it. I love it. I love it. I know, and we have another one.
2: So thankful. You know, I was kind of worried. I thought, well, people must think we're talking about something else when when we had, you know, they don't care how much you know until... Do They know how much you care. I thought they must think this is about relationship, but let them think it. <laughs> let them come on. <laughs> so we're pulling in caller from three hundred one area code with the last four digits of one two nine six. Caller, you're on the air with us. Thank you for calling in.
0: Hello, it's Tamaria. How are you all doing? <laughs> Better than
2: you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we're good. You sound
0: sick. Thank you for calling in. Oh, no problem. I think the show has been great and um I do want to say thanks Tori for sharing your story. It was very inspirational. Um, but one thing I wanted to say the funny thing is I talked to my mom earlier tonight and we talked about why some people don't get involved and I'm from Petersburg, Virginia and there alone in the last like week or two it's been about six murders and It's so unfortunate because Petersburg is small, much like a lot of other places where we have a lot of um, violence um, amongst minorities. Um, I was telling my mom, you see all these stories all the time where people do try to help out, and then they might lose their life due to senseless violence. And I think a lot of times people don't know where to start. And, again, it does start with the parents. I think the parents need role models as well as the students. Um, But on top of that, the fact that people are oftentimes afraid for their own lives, they don't know when to step in, where to step in, or how. And I think that's the challenge when we're able to change the mindset of our youth um, and let them know that violence is not the answer. And I know there's a lot of groups that try to mobilize and help um, you know change the way that they think about each other and about themselves but it's very hard when they look at media and all on tv all you see are murders, tv shows which perpetuate violence and if they're looking for fast money it makes it a lot easier for them to go down that road and as Tori stated without a role model or someone there to be an example and show you hey you don't have to be If you don't make it in basketball, you don't have to be a rapper. You don't have to be a gangbanger. Like, you need those role models, but I think it starts twofold. One, for the parents and also for the students, because people emulate what they see. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And they honestly may just not know how because they've never been taught and or they don't have the desire to get out of where they are because of a lack of confidence or something else that may have happened in their past where they feel like they can't.
2: I totally agree, totally with everything, Rodney.
3: Some good, some good points, and I, and, and, I, and and it's kind of hard to, I guess, um, stand up when you feel like you are standing by yourself, and and then too, in some and in, in in some situations, you know, if if you are the only one to. Um, to stand up, and Tamari and I have had these conversations. If you are the only one to stand up, um, then you're just labeled a troublemaker, and and um, it's well, we have to get rid of this person. Uh, but at some point, we have to learn to unite before we get to a tragedy. We have to learn to to come together and to stick together, and to fight for those things that we know um all right before it gets to a point where 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 it's too late and you know we 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 need leaders who are proactive. We need we need leaders who um who will be willing to you know to, to take on things that um that require someone who, who, who is competent and someone who is who is confident and 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 will and we'll face it head on um and sadly a lot of the a lot of people that we have that have voices um are just not um are just not doing that um so at some point you know we have to have people um to step up and and, and lead a group of people um into um getting the changes that that we know we need to uh, have.
0: I agree. I think to change our culture, the first step is to change our minds. And there's a lot of work that can be done here um, because we feed our minds with a whole lot of different stuff every day. And I know for me personally, sometimes I can't watch the news because it's depressing. And I know I need to look at it, but it's overwhelming And so sometimes I will, like, turn it off, and I'm like, I can't look at this right now. Like, it's too overwhelming with all the sad things, and I'm really compassionate. And so I'm always thinking, okay, what can I do in my future to help change the world, to change the way people think? Um, Because it starts in your mind. Once you believe that you can be more than what you are, that's when you start to see a difference, and that's when you start to believe that you can do more than what you've been doing.
2: You know, you guys, I feel there's so many distractions. As you mentioned, the TV, I can recall when I went 30 days without TV, and it was life-changing. It, it really changed my life as far as even watching TV. Um, I realized that I had become kind of addicted to, as soon as I walked in, that was the first thing I did was turn the TV on. And those 30 days brought such clarity um, in my life, and as you talked about, um, that I thought about people with, I remember today driving around thinking, people get in their cars and they must instantly think, get in the car, get on the phone. Everybody, I mean, 60 years old, 70 years old, everybody is driving and talking on the phone, and I wonder, what are you talking about? And so the mind never gets a chance to really (laughs) rest, um, to really kind of update, I guess, itself. We have so much that, like you said, Marion, that we take in, and so much of it is so negative until it will cause you to lose hope if you don't back away from it and get something different in your mind to help change your mindset, so that it's not you know it does not predict or predetermine what how you respond to life. Um, so we need to be mindful of those distractions as well and start to feed our mind with things that are much better than what we feed it with now. I mean, because we never stop. We ne- The mind never stops. So, great points.
0: I know I'm going to sound like an old school preacher, but it's the trick of the devil. He he keeps us distracted so we can't hear. A lot of times, that small, still voice, I mean, we would hear it, but we can't because there's so many distractions. And I, I shared a, a story, and I won't take long on it, but I told Rodney one day I was driving to work, and... um I had been pretty busy for the month, so I hadn't really been focused, hadn't really been doing my devotionals or taking time to think. And one morning I was driving to work, and in the back of my mind I thought, just because the light is green doesn't mean go. I was like, that's random. Okay, what does that mean? And then I remember saying, God, you know what, I haven't taken time to talk to you. I've just been busy. I jump in my car, I go to work thinking I'm going to make it to work, and I'm going to make it home safely. And on my lunch break I went out, And I was at a stoplight, and I thought back to that thought I had that morning, just because the light's green doesn't mean go. So the light turned green, but I didn't pull out because I was like, what if a car's coming? Like, let me look, let me check both ways. Even though I have the green light, I probably, I I shouldn't just pull out just because my light's green. And I looked to the left, and there was a van, and they were looking at me like, why is she still sitting here? So we go to pull out, and a Ford F-350 truck blows the red light, It goes right in front of our cars. Had we pulled out just because our light was green, I'm pretty sure that one of us wasn't going to make it or all of us would have been severely injured because they were going 55 miles per hour. And all I could do was thank God that that morning I thought to myself, hey, I know I haven't been spending time in silence. All I've been doing is jumping in my car thinking I'm going to make it from point A to point B and I don't have any clarity. Can't hear anything because either the radio's on or I'm thinking about what I have to do when I get to work or what I'm going to do when I get off of work because of all the many distractions that we have. So, I think take it a moment just to silence ourselves and for some people that's through meditation, whatever it is you have to do to be able to hear. And when I say here I mean that small still voice because we all have it and oftentimes it's trying to protect us from from something that can potentially harm us.
2: Right. Right. Interesting. Interesting. I kinda had the same but reverse. I I I have all this week, um, and last week I found myself having to go to what we have here called Shelby Farm, and I just have this little spot that I just like to sit and soak the nature and the, just the stillness of it. And today I thought of stop signs, that if we continue to run stop signs, eventually we're going to eventually have that crash. Uh, so it's interesting that you brought that up. Kind of same scenario but different way of looking at it. I just you know, see people running so many stop signs in life because – that small still voice does talk to us but we decide to go on and if we continue to run that stop sign or that stop light, something is going is bound to happen. So interesting. So interesting. So well thank you okay. for, for calling in. Rodney, anything from you?
3: No, I think I think, I think Mary made some some, some great points as she usually does. So I'm glad that uh She uh, decided to call in. I know she was trying to uh, uh, type some comments in the chat, uh, but I'm glad that she was able to call me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, me too. Thank you so much, and we hope that you feel better. Thank you. Okay, great
3: job. We feel better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Okay.
2: Um, Okay, Rodney, We have about 20 more minutes. Um, Anything else you wanted to address? I I think we kind of hit the things that were on the list kind of vaguely, but we did uh, as far as establishing the relevancy and building relationships, and then we talked about that in our description. So anything else you wanted to add?
1: And and the lines are still open
2: as well. The lines are, I was t- letting everyone know, we still have callers, so the lines are open if you do need to get in, line, select the number one, and we'll pull you in. I was just letting everybody know that, and the chat line is still open as well.
3: Um, while, while we're on this, on this topic, you know, and, and, and anyone who knows me um, as a person, or as a teacher, knows that um, I'm not a person who is about excuses. Or making an exceptions, and so um, I know that you know we we talk about parents you know uh stepping up and and we talk about holding parents accountable, and that is true um, you know and i and I believe that wholeheartedly and, and and I think that you know if we had more parental involvement, then things would be better things would be different. But I want to go back to your story at the beginning of this, of this broadcast and make this point. Just because we believe that parents should be doing something, just because we want parents to, to be accountable or to take responsibility or to be, you know, uh, to be more involved, does not excuse us from uh, picking up the slack if we see that a child needs us. Because the young man that that you ran into in the restaurant, you did not give birth to him, yet this young man needed somebody at that moment who was not his biological mother, who was not his biological father. However, he needed someone. And the same day that you stepped in, unselfishly, and became who he needed at that time, you can never see that, that young man again in your lifetime or his lifetime or whatever, the impact that you made on him that day will follow him for the rest of his life. And we cannot, cannot give up on on our children. We cannot give up on each other just because we feel like, hey, their parents should be doing this. Okay, that's true, but suppose the parents, did it. Should we just let that child fall by the wayside? Are we no longer our brother's keeper? Are we supposed to allow these young people to be lost? No. That can't be the answer. Because now we've fallen into the same boat as their parents. We push we should push and encourage parents to to step up, but until people do, we can't make them, and we all know how it works in trying to get adults to do things. We can't make them do anything, but in the meantime, the child, if you can do something about their situation, and it may be just as simple as your situation, and and that is just feeding the child, and it went, so far beyond defeating him. Just because you showed him love, something that you are against, you had you you didn't even have to say anything to him. He corrected that part of his life. If only for that moment. And so those are the things that we have to start doing. We see a child missing something, we have to and make sure that we give them what they need. We have to be those people. We have to be the, that, that village that, that Torrey brought up again tonight. We have to be that village. I, um, and feel free to jump in at any time. Um, the first half of this year I was teaching in New York. And um, I decided to to move back to Virginia um, at the end of January. And one of my um, one of my uh, students um, from New York emailed me this this past weekend, and she, and she said, um, you know, the state test is next week. In fact, they start. Uh, the math test tomorrow um, for their state test. And she emailed me just to say thank you. She felt like she was prepared. And now i think been gone since January 31st, but she felt like because of the instruction that she received from, uh, from September until January, she felt like she was prepared for the test. And she said, this is the first Year that she actually understood how to do math. And she believes that it is because they knew that I cared about them and I was concerned about more than just math. But those are the types of things that our kids need. They need to know that, hey, it's it's bigger than just this classroom. It's bigger than just my pants being off my waist. Because if we can if we can see the bigger picture and if we can correct these other things, then the things that we want to happen, they are all fall in, fall in line. They'll fall in place. But what's the bigger picture? And I remember a, a principal coming, um, you know, to my school a few years ago, and a teacher asked him, and this is a successful principal, and a teacher said, well, what do you do about children chewing gum? So you, 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 you keep telling them, don't chew gum. And so, you know, here's a teacher spending all of his time on chewing gum. And so he, he looked at her and he said, well, what is your bottom line? Is your bottom line student achievement, or is your bottom line students not chewing gum in your classroom? And his point was, you know, stop uh, focusing and spending so much time and energy on these things that don't really matter. You know, how much does chewing gum really affect student achievement? And so we have to keep these things in mind, and that's why, you know, uh, I know that we, we, were, we were talking about, uh, we were supposed to be talking about closing the achievement gap and how so many things uh, not related to textbooks affect student achievement. You know, we, and, we, and we talked about relationships and, and, and relevancy and classroom management because those are the things that are going to help our children be successful. Last week we talked about setting high standards. You know, and all of these things have to be in place if we want to see a difference. You know, and I know that you have a um, a huge connection with 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 our uh, with the schools that, uh, with some of the schools that are missing, and, and 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 a lot of the kids that are missing, and it's sad, but at some point we need more people to stop, you know, getting amongst themselves or in their little groups and talking, and actually go public and start talking. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important, you know, that we have radio shows like yours um, where people can call in, people can express their views, and, people, and we need to stop being so fearful that someone is going to do something to us or that something is going to happen or we're going to lose this or lose that, you know. Um
2: we're losing yeah, anyway. If we don't do something, we're going to lose. We've lost if we don't make a change. Um, I remember you saying last—I guess it was last week—that you you talked about if if you know when you get your school up and going. If a if a student comes to you and, and they they're in trouble, you're going to assess. You're going to try to identify what was going on, and you gave the example of if this child always starts to. Um, act out when it's time to read or doing, you know, reading time, then maybe he's trying to avoid anyone knowing that, hey, I don't quite get this, I can't can't read this, or I don't know this math. And if more people would think like that and do that and then, you know, pull this little person aside and, and help them get themselves together. But it's about being aware. So many things. I believe Elizabeth said this earlier, you know, we take so many things to the office. Sometimes the crime doesn't, the time doesn't, you know, go along with the crime and and vice versa. You know, we just make little fires really big ones when sometimes just a simple pat on the back, let's get it together, Johnny, Get back. let's get back with it. Um, But you kind of classify and identify. And sometimes the same thing is going on at home. You know, I'm told mm-hmm. I'm bad. I, I'm I'm this everywhere I go until the, the, the child, be, you know, begins to believe that. So we all have work to do, and, and I wanted to, I almost missed this, but I wanted to be the first to say everything that Brandon bought. Well, let me say this. Most of the stuff Brandon bought home for homework, I did not understand. I mean, literally, they, mm-hmm. I felt like they were so beyond where i ended up in school and what they were teaching me at that time but i remember knight literally especially with his math book literally looking over the examples because they'll unless they've changed they will show you um (laughs) i find myself doing it with one of my the neighbors my little girls next door she'll come over because they're not from from here and so Uh, Her parents are kind of challenged in that area language and all that. And she'll come over with her math book, and I'll say, okay, give me a minute, because I have to go back, look at those examples, work the problem, look in the back of the book, see did I get it right. And if I didn't, i go back and figure out what did I do wrong here before I can help her understand it. So it's not that I, I knew or even now still know, but, that's okay, because I need to learn, too, and it, it really did help me later in life um, know some things that I probably wouldn't have known just by helping Brandon with his homework in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and it got to a point where, you know, he didn't need my help anymore. I probably couldn't have did it at that point anyway, because it got harder and harder, but, you know, we we don't, I don't stand here and say, you know, I I had it all right or I got it all right. as. I even now look back and think, boy, I wish I'd have did some things differently. But I was in there. I jumped in the water. I didn't stand on the sideline and say, there's nothing. I I can't play this game. I can't get out there and play. I was going to play regardless of the end result. They they were not going to say it didn't happen because I didn't play. We just just lost, not because we tried. So (laughs) I just hope that encouraged someone to, to just do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to make sure that, you and your little one are fulfilled emotionally prepared for this life prepared for learning feel capable and valued enough to pursue it but if they go with that mindset or of i can't do it th- this is not for me this is beyond then then we've lost all of us not just the little person we all lose Where,
3: where do you think your 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 passion or your 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 dedication or, or your your determination what 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 do you think that comes from um uh, that you're so passionate about you know helping uh helping our young people
2: I remember just being so feeling so lost as a child and 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 um um I remember sharing this with the teachers at Sherwood when I when I spoke there that I was, I could have easily been one of those little people that gave up. That could have been a product of society. You know, I, I lost my grandmother at a very young age. I felt as if the world turned inside out. I literally remember the day laying, seeing my grandmother lie there and and saying, "You got to get up. What is going to happen to me? You you have to get up." And she was she was already, you know, she was gone. She was dead, and um life turned upside down from that moment forward and even at such a young age i knew what was before me not to the extent so i i really feel like children are the most misunderstood people that we we so often don't think that they feel or or have feelings or that they hurt or that they're afraid that they need us, that we always think that, oh, they're, they will bounce back. They're okay. And I say, did you bounce back? Are there some things that you have never bounced back from, that if someone would would have just reached out, just a little would have gone a long way, just, just like the fish sandwich that I gave the young man that I so desperately thought I want. I, like you said, I, I may not never see him again. I hope that I do. But if I don't, I can see him somewhere along the way, and I hope that one day he will remember the lady in the fish in the fish restaurant that that reached out, because again, that could be it. And we never know what has been put before us. You just never know if you're missing a moment to change someone's life. You never know. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't choose some of the the cards that that I got out of life. But thank God I had teachers that reached out, I had teachers that believed in me, um, that showed a little extra love even throughout my middle school years. I remember a teacher um, being so intuned enough to know something's wrong. I was in the seventh. Grade. I never forget her name, you know. And there are teachers that helped us along the way with Brandon. I remember going through something, and one of his teachers, she said something's going on. Because she knew what kind of parent I was, she could tell something Had changed um, And reached out, and you never forget You never forget those people And, And I feel like Getting back to the topic So many of us have stopped caring We stopped showing that We truly care And not that I just care, I'm going to try To do something about it From my heart You know, so it doesn't stop with the kids it and and it's not just needed by the kids there are we started out there are a lot of parents a lot of teachers there are a lot of adults there are a lot of principals school officials whatever there are a lot of people who are crying out for help and they have so much going on until they don't hear the cries that they have chosen that they've selected to hear because if once you choose that job that, you're, that you now you have a responsibility for this life so i, I that's the only thing I can attribute it to um, is just being that person that could have easily gotten away
3: i, I <laughs> unfortunately we unfortunately we 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 have so many um of our young people who do get away, um, because we all have a story, and we are, I think we all reach a, a, a turning point. We all reach a breaking point. And unfortunately, we, we have so many um, children, and it seems like it's just getting worse, but we have so many children who um, choose the wrong path, Mm-hmm. Or um, or don't always handle it in the same way. They don't get the the um, they don't get that same drive and say, "Well, I'm going to choose to make a better life for myself. I'm going to choose um, to do things differently." and then that way I can go back and help other people. Because for me, um, because of the way that I had to grow up, um, I always told myself that regardless of what happened, I was going to make it out um, because I refused to accept that way of life for myself. Um, You know, my family didn't have a lot of money, um, there wasn't a whole lot of education. Um, you know, a lot of people in, um, uh, in my family had dropped out. Um, you know, we lived in a, a, a very bad neighborhood. We, um, you know, just a lot of, a lot of people getting shot, a lot of drugs, a lot of crime, And in my mind, I just wanted to get out of there. I just wanted to make it out. Um, and do something differently. Now, granted, my grades didn't always show it, uh, but I knew that I wanted a better life. Um, And and fortunately for me, um, you know, there was a man who came into my life in 10th grade, my history teacher, um, who pretty much helped me get things together who helped me see life from a different perspective, and and because of that, I was able to uh, to move away from a lot of the ignorant things that I was that I was doing, um, and eventually go to college and and become a teacher. And now, because of that, uh, I'm so uh, determined. To help as many young people as as possible, because I don't um, I don't want to see um, young men end up like a lot of my friends who um, are either serving life sentences um, in prison
1: or didn't
3: even make it to see twenty one or twenty five or thirty. Um, But we just need, like Tori said, we need more role models. We need more people who will take a stand. We need more people who will fight for our children, will fight for uh, a better education for them, who will fight for a better life for them, and and not be afraid that if we stand up, then we're going to lose certain things or something is going to happen to us.
2: Hmm. You know, um, to add to that, I think it's also important for people to understand that it is not an easy process. Change is not easy. It, it is actually, it, it's difficult. You have your days, and sometimes I get caught up in as much um work as i do to continue with the process of changing my my life, my mindset, my thoughts. I have those days sometimes where i feel like i am losing it. But i have friends who are committed with me. They have their days and we understand sometimes without even saying that this part she needs a little bit more today. I, I need to listen more. I need to let her vent. I need to maybe ask her what's wrong. I, I just went through one, and my friend just kind of went through one as well, and I had to tell her, you need to you need to put it all down, let it all go for a minute, and let's get out. And so we did, and it made the world of difference. And, and all we did was just like, oh, people just go out and get something to eat. <laughs> but still, it took her out for a minute. Just took her out. And if you don't have anything, any money, don't let that stop you. Go to a park. Alone, go, do just, even if it's just take a drive, take a walk outside in your backyard, breathe, let it out, let it in, deal with it, let it go. But you have to keep moving, and you have to start. If you do not start, then your destiny is already spoken for. If you do not start something to produce change in your life, there's no, I mean, you know where you're going to end up. But if you change the direction, if you if you start the change and just stick with it, endure those days that are tough, and know that a, tomorrow is coming. There, sometimes I just decide to—no joke—I take a melatonin. If you don't know what melatonin is, you guys need to look it up, learn it, take a pill every now and then. It is natural; it just helps you sleep. And I just go to sleep, and I wake up, and it's a new day. So try it because we don't stand here knowing all the answers. I for sure don't, and don't. please don't ever think that life is perfect. Like Rodney said, we all have a story. If I could tell you my full story, some of you would would think, wow, if she can do it, I can too. Seriously, and we all do. We all have stories. Just a few seconds, uh, Rodney, I'll let you close it out. People. I mean, I'm thankful. People have really stuck in with us tonight, Rodney, so hey we're
3: we're this is,
2: this is great, I mean, really, we've did two hours, and people have listened have been on with us. Thank you all that for you have that have been on from the time we began till now, and you're still there so that's that's it that's that's the start there, so thank you right uh, and I'
3: just close out by saying uh thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight um uh, whether you're in Tennessee, whether you're in Virginia or Wherever you may be um, around the country, thank you so much for, for tuning in. A special thanks to uh, the love of my life, to Tamaria, who called in, although she was sick. I really do appreciate it uh, because I always enjoy talking to her, um, and so I'm glad that she was able to share her, her views with all of the listeners. Um, so thankful for uh, Ms. Elizabeth and for Tori um, calling in with their, their questions and their comments, and um, I think it was a great show, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. So thanks again, Tammy, for having me on, and together we will change the world.
2: Right, and you guys remember Tuesday Tuesday nights, so just kind of put this on your calendar. Share it with teachers, share it with your church, you know, faculty, everybody. Just share, 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 because we want more comments. We want more questions. We want more um, examples or, or situations that are going on within our schools, within our homes, let's talk about it. So uh, Rodney will be on every Tuesday and, and I'll be on just as much as I possibly can with him and we still have the Monday shows going on as well. So just just support and help us um, with this transformation and this being the change that we want to see. Rodney, again, thank you. Just thank you, thank you for all that you do and for who you are and and what you give to so many. So thank you. And no problem. Everyone, Thanks for it. All right, everyone, have a great night. We thank you for listening.
0: day